This is how we do I needed a change of pace from the Creed. Is this the new Friday music? This is how we do it. It's Friday night and I feel alright. Well, I have an idea. Okay. I'll get to it here in a second. So I reach for my 40 and I turn it up. Designated driver, take the keys to my truck. Hit the shot cause I'm faded. Honey's in the streets, say money, yo, we made it. It feels so good in my hood tonight. The summertime skirts and the guys in canile The gangbangers forgot about the drive-by You gotta get your groove on before you go get paid So tip up your cup and throw your hands up And let me hear the party say I'm kinda buzzed and it's all because This is how we do it South Central does it like nobody does This is how we do it To all my neighbors, you got much flavor This is how we do it Let's flip the crack so I know we have number one song of the day, different song every day, tell you the backstory, how long it was number one, tell you about the band or artist, whatever. You know, that's been going on for a couple of years now. We're approaching 300 of them soon. Today is 297. But with the Friday song, it's always been one song, you know? We maybe change it every year and a half. Right, not very often. I, You know... I can get burnt out of the same song over and over. The way I am is like, since I'm in charge now, how about we have like a different Friday hype song at 5.07? Different song, get us hyped for the weekend. Every single Friday? Yeah, when we're live. Okay. I can dig it. I picked this one because it's 90s and it says Friday night. Montel Jordan says Friday night. I remember John and I, we had a uh, argument one time. This was only a few years ago when I played this for number one song of the day. And I brought up how you could still hear this song played in Aggieville. He's like, there's no way. This never gets played in Aggieville. I sometimes hear it at the grocery store. At the grocery store? I'm not even kidding. I mean, I was like, I don't go out to Aggieville very often anymore. But when I do, like, I, at John's going away... We were at a bar, and this was literally played. I'm like... I bet his jaw just fell to the floor like, all right, it's just, you're right. Well, it's just an easy one to play that you can still enjoy, you know? Anybody can get down with this. I remember when I would go to Aggieville pretty much every weekend when I first started working here. Every time. You always heard this somewhere. And I'm kind of buzzing. It's all because, like, it's party time. I mean, it sounds like an Aggieville song to me. Just because it's not modern doesn't mean it doesn't get played, folks. That is true. I People think, like the classics. I think nowadays the song I hear a lot more around the Aggieville area, if I'm ever over there for anything, is always Timber with Pitbull and Kesha. Huh. So... Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. Not really a fan of Pitbull. Me either. Never understood the hype behind it. Mr. 305. Mr. Worldwide is Mr. his Worldwide other nickname. Mr. 305. Yeah. Nah. 
Also, I don't understand why people go to DJ Khaled concerts. I don't get that either. Uh, All he, he like, does he is scream perfor- his name. He perf- yeah, he performs at concerts. Really? But all I know of him ever when it comes to anything of a of of a vocal nature, it's DJ, DJ Khaled. I, that was a thing for a while, by the way, when Khalid Duke first got here, it turned into DJ Khalid. <laughs> but DJ Khaled. Never understood that. I've seen him do sold out shows in arenas. Like, what is the point? You're hearing other people's songs. I get maybe he produced them or whatever. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I don't need to go to a concert with the guy the whole time is going. Come on, put your hands in the air. I don't need that. I don't need that. Yeah, no, it it's definitely not worth the time. You know. (laughs) All right, Big Steve, let's give the people what they want. You got it. You've heard of Ken Palm. Well, that guy. Here's Mitch Palm with Tonight's tonight's prediction. Tomorrow night. Uh, by the way, Troy is out the door. He's on his way to Manhattan High. It's just Big Steve and I for the rest of, uh, well, we did pre-record Song of the Day and Ask Us Anything. So that's still to come. But gonna fly solo here on some Mitch Palm. We all know what's coming up tomorrow, don't we? At TCU. Fort Worth, Texas. And the Horned Frogs are maybe playing their best basketball right now. The Horde Frogs are 15-4 overall with a 4-3 record in Big 12 play. They've won three of the last four and five of its last seven, and they are 8-2 at home. Before I really break down the numbers, i got to bring up famous alumni. So Mitch Palm has picked out three famous alum, and this is how we're going to start breaking things down. Famous alum number one is Rod Roddy. Big Steve, you have any idea who Rod Roddy is? You might be too young for when he was the announcer on... Yeah, you don't know. I'll take that bet. I have no earthly clue what you're talking so about. he was the announcer. He, he had done multiple game shows, but what he was no, most famous for... I remember him on Press Your Luck, but what he was most famous for, he was the announcer on Price is Right. I mean, my, my childhood is... Saying is Rod Roddy saying, "Come on down." Yeah, You're the I'm next not, contestant on The Price Is Right. Didn't even know his name. Not really a Price of a Price Is Right kind of a kid. I grew up mostly with like Wheel of Fortune and, and Jeopardy kind of stuff. So, from Bob Barker Studio, it's the 60 Minute Price Is Right, something like that. Anyway, Rod Roddy went to TCU. I was a big fan of his. I was also, I mean, Bob Barker is one of my heroes. My favorite game show host of my favorite game show. He's a big reason I wanted to get into some form of entertainment. Now, the other two famous alumni that Mitch Palm brings up here is actually two fictional alum. Did you know the professor on Gilligan's Island went to TCU? Really? Got his PhD. Roy Hinckley, by the way, is the character's name. And then the other famous alum is Reverend Timothy Lovejoy from The Simpsons. Yep. TCU having two fictional characters listed on notable alumni. That's trash. That's Garbaggio. That's cringe. Advantage K-State tomorrow. Now let's break down the team a little bit. You know, TCU, with their last three wins, they've beaten Iowa State, 15th ranked at the time. 
You know, Iowa State is on a stinker right now. Texas, they lost that game, but then their last two wins, number 19 LSU, an impressive performance against LSU, 77-68, and then they won Monday night at Oklahoma, 72-63. That was a few weeks after they lost at home to Oklahoma in overtime. And TCU feels like they have a lot to prove right now. Because still to come, they have the sixth toughest schedule in the country. You'll find most Big 12 teams are going to be in some of the top spots when it comes to the strength of schedule the rest of the way. Now, this te- these two teams have already played one time, and that was weeks ago in Bramlage when junior Damian Baugh hit a three-pointer with 11 seconds to go, and it was the exclamation point in TCU's comeback as they held K-State scoreless for pretty much the last two minutes of the game, an 8-0 run finished that contest, and the Cats lost 60-57, to by far the biggest heartbreaker of the season, until the KU comeback took place in Bramlage. And what hurt is K-State, a turnover is what gave TCU the ball back when Nigel Pack traveled with the basketball with 18 seconds to go, and then Ball hit his three-pointer. The thing is, like, both teams offensively were okay. They were they were decent, but it's not like they were out of this world. Both teams shot 39%. Both teams were 30% from three-point range, and both were pitiful at the free throw line going like 50%. You know, it wasn't a glorious day. Both defenses were playing pretty well. Pretty well. Went to school at one point. Now, that does still haunt me a little bit. This is an opportunity for the Cats to get one back on the road. But the thing is, TCU, I mentioned earlier, playing some of their best basketball right now, and they're doing so offensively. As a matter of fact, two of their top four shooting efforts this season have come in their last two games. They shot a season-best 53% against Oklahoma, and they shot nearly 50% against LSU. Guys, LSU, and this game was last weekend, is the fourth-best field goal percentage defense in the country at 37%. So give kudos to TC with that. Now, the one player that still stands out to Mitch Palm, it's their guy. It's Mike Miles Jr. Preseason All-Big 12. He's the only player in the conference that ranks in the top five in scoring. He's at 15.5 points a game and assists. So he's a great scorer and he's a great passer, four assists a game. Not quite Marquise Noel good with the passing, but he's up there. He is one of three in the power five that is averaging 15 points, three and a half rebounds, and four assists a game. And what happened in that first game against the Cats, 19 points, five rebounds, six assists, but he also turned the ball over five times. But when he got jumpers off, he was tough to stop. Now, here is one part of the game K-State has to make sure TCU is not good with, and that's downstairs at the 5. I know that's been a big part of Mitch Palm all-conference season, but here's the deal. Eddie Lampkin is the TCU starter. 6'11", center, and a freshman. When he played in Manhattan, I was not impressed. Mitch Palm wasn't impressed. So awkward to the basket... He basically just threw his body towards the basket, always trying to draw a foul. Just kind of a trashy player. I don't like it. I don't think he's impressive. I don't think he's a solid player. However, against the Cats in Game 1, 9.6 rebounds, and he's coming off a double-double against Oklahoma. 
But this season, he's averaging less than six in points and rebounds a game. Davion gave us, I suppose, a few plays of what can happen when the offense is moving the basketball. Guys are cutting. They were able to get up, get uh, Oklahoma State's defense off balance a little bit, and Davion was wide open. He's got to be tougher in the paint, no doubt about that. But Eddie Lampkin can be pushed around a little bit. He's not the strongest. I mean, he's strong, but he's not the strongest. Got the smallest calves I've ever seen, especially on a big guy like that. Davion has to play strong. I think he can do it against this Eddie Lampkin guy. Now, where TCU is also very impressive is they rank, they lead the Big 12, and they're ranked in the top 10 nationally in offensive rebounding percentage at 39%. I brought that up in Mitch Palm the last time K-State played TCU. And TCU, when they out-rebound their opponents, 14-2 and is their record. They did out-rebound K-State in game number one altogether and also offensively. They're also top 10 in the nation in rebounding margin and offensive rebounds per game. They get 14 a contest. They are impressive attacking the glass, and we know how K-State has struggled in Big 12 play and out-rebounding teams. This win against Oklahoma State just a few days ago was the first time this season that K-State had beaten a team when they don't out-rebound the opponent. So here's where it really boils down to. TCU is trying to have its best season yet as a Big 12 player. A win could give TCU 16 wins through their first 20 games for the first time in 24 years. The best TCU has done in the Big 12 is fifth place in 9-9 in the conference. Yet they're trying to get to 5-3 for the first time in their conference play in 21 years. It's time to put TCU back where they belong. And that's in the bottom half of the Big 12. K-State... A quad one win is up for grabs. Ken Palm says Cats have a 32% chance of winning in Fort Worth. 65-60 the final score. Mitch Palm is giving K-State, again, TCU playing really good basketball right now. Mitch Palm giving K-State a 41% chance of winning in Fort Worth. Final score saying the Frogs win 67-63. All right, I am going to uh, get out of here and join Troy at Manhattan High, but we do have number one song of the day, Ask Us Anything, and if necessary, we will go live to Manhattan High School to end the show, but your number one song of the day is next. From 1981, Kiss on My List. I burned the heck out of this album with a needle on oh, the, yeah. on the uh, record player. It's Hall & Oates, three weeks at number one. I think my parents got sick of this album, actually. What else was on it? Oh, that was Private Eyes. Oh, Private Eyes. It says, I, I pulled it up here, ninth studio album, Voices. Oh, okay. Are you sure you didn't have a Greatest Hits? No, I think... I think because the reason why it sticks out to me is that, you know, Private Eyes is on the album. It probably was Voices. I've just gotten so used to calling it Private Eyes because that's they used the same logo on the uh, 45 for Private Eyes. Ah. 
I'm looking at the album here. I don't see Private Eyes. I thought Private Eyes was a little bit older. Okay, maybe I screwed that up then. Because Kiss on my list, of course. You Make My Dreams. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah, this would have been a little older. Private Eyes would have been after that. Every Time You Go Away. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right, you know. But uh, good old Daryl Hall and John Oates. What if they called themselves Daryl and John instead of Hall and Oates? It just wouldn't have had the same zing. Yeah. Daryl and John. John and Daryl. Daryl and John would be the way to go if you did the first names. Would have opened up plenty of uh, jokes regarding Daryl and Daryl, honestly. Rock, pop, duo from Philadelphia forming in 1970. Daryl Hall is usually the vocalist, and then John Oates, electric guitar, does a little backing vocals too. They are the most successful duo of all time. They're bigger than the Carpenters, the Everly Brothers, Simon and Garfunkel. They've sold more than anybody else when it comes to a duo. Bigger than Wham! Although we all know, you know, Wham! was well, more of this. I was going to say. And, uh, mostly a solo act, if you really want to get real with it. We had that conversation this morning. Oh, really? Discussing about, Wham? about Andrew Ridgely being yeah. the afterthought. The Marty Jannetty of the Rockers, as I like to call it. <laughs> you guys know what I'm even talking about. Marty Giannetti. That's a poll, man. Giannetti? Okay. Giannetti. 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 Although I do like the... I kind of like that more than Giannetti. Giannetti. Yeah. Has a more Italian. Ring. Has a better ring to it. Uh, let's see here. In September 2010, VH1 placed Hall Notes at number 99. On the list of the 100 greatest artists of all time, in April 2014, they were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They've released 18 studio albums, 29 top 40 hits, and this was their second of six number ones, and I mentioned before their ninth studio album, Voices. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest Hollow Notes guy. They're all right, but I'm kind of a pick and choose type of guy. I don't like all their hits. I like some of their hits. The fact that they had the number of hits, though, really is amazing because they've, they've hung. They're still listenable. You know? I mean, they're not, yeah, they don't, I, I, was, I wouldn't say they aged poorly. No, they, they aged very well. They weren't like crazy 80s sounding. No. Although you can listen to this and be like, oh yeah, it's uh, uh the, the video for Rich Girl, though, is definitely not one that aged well. I've never seen that. Shades that come down to from literally above the eyebrows down to the lower part of his cheeks for Daryl. So like okay. just a completely odd look. So clown sunglasses for, for Daryl Hall. I mean, it just did not look right. Not quite. I mean, and, and then there's the the uh, right. the shields types. Oh, I mean, they just didn't look right at all. Yeah. I think you're out of touch is my favorite. Yeah, all note song, and that's still to come. Well, that some other time on number one song, but for Kiss on my list. People misinterpret this song, and uh, old uh, Troy over here might be one of those, because many people hear the lyrics and they hear Kiss on My Lips, and according to Daryl Hall, this is a song that he calls an anti-love song, and he said in an interview, your kiss is on my list of the best things in life means that the kiss is simply another item on a guy's list. It's certainly not the best thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. I love that. 
I think that actually escalated the song for I, me. I, I never really gave much thought to it, to be honest, but I, I'll go with that. That's, because, let's be real, I mean, that's pretty darn true. Pretty, pretty sneaky with the lyrical aspect of it, if that's the case. So I thought this was interesting. The co-writer on the song is a lady by the name of Jana Allen. That's the sister of Daryl Hall's longtime girlfriend, Sarah Allen. And she also co-wrote Private Eyes. Mm -hmm. But it says here, for Jana Allen, this song you're hearing right now is the first song she had ever written. Wow. Ever. man. I was like, okay. Good for her. I mean, coming out with a banger right away. Unfortunately, she passed away at the age of 36 in 1993, so she was 24 when this song was released. Uh, In an interview with Mix Magazine, Daryl Hall said Eddie Van Halen, he told him that Eddie Van Halen copied the synth, as in the synthesizer, synthesizer part of Kiss on My List, and he used it in Jump. You know what? Now I can hear it. Just a little bit. I don't have to hear Jump. Yeah. I don't have it pulled up. But it's because, you know, I've heard it a thousand and two times. Right. I mean, Eddie Van Halen, what are we doing? <laughs> you don't need to copy Hall and Oates. But Daryl said he was it was a pleasure to have his song ripped off by Eddie Van Halen. Eddie was at that point, though, where he... This is why he got into the fight with David Lee Roth, was because he wanted to go more towards that synthesizer sound with what they were doing more of what they did for the album 1984 and David didn't want to go that way the first day MTV was a thing the music video of Kiss on My List was on in that first day mm-hmm. it was music video number 207 <laughs> nice the 207th first music video that aired on MTV Sirius XM did a great look back with the MTV DJs a while back where they literally put together the first two hours worth of songs Wow! and interviewed some of the people that were involved with the bands that they played. It was very interesting when you realize what some of the songs were, including um, a song that Tesla would later cover, Little Susie. Yeah, they had sure. the original which is sounds nothing like Tesla. Really? Oh, it's unreal how different that song was. And you have to dig on YouTube to find that video. Oh, good old Tesla. Which, by the way, did you see... Um, I was going to bring this up. So Journey was supposed to go on tour with um, Billy Idol and Toto. Wow. Well, Toto backed out. So it's just going to be Journey and Billy Idol. Now Billy Idol's sick, so guess who's back in? Toto. <laughs> Are you coming or are you going, Toto? Come on. Okay, so I pulled up Jump. I pulled it up. We got to hear this. I don't know if there's a comparison. I don't even know if we'll hear it. I don't think this is it yet. Probably when it kicks in. Like, I don't know. I... I Maybe that part? Yeah, potentially the 
with the bass tracking behind it. Yeah. A little bit, maybe, but... It sounds more just like they just only sampled the synth patch itself, basically how the synthesizer is supposed to sound. Not necessarily sampling the actual, like, loop hmm. of... The other song because those synths do sound very very similar to I, each other I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i'm a little bothered that eddie van halen used a piece of hollow notes <laughs> material to come up even though i'm not a fan of jump i'm not a fan of this song i do love van halen i don't care what version it is david lee roth or sammy hagar but the fact that you know is I that get- the right nickname van hagar <laughs> just I, I don't really hear it that much though like I said, the no. synths just sound identical. It's not necessarily yeah. like the the uh, the chord progression or anything like that. It's just mostly the actual overall sound of it. The eighties were I, a trip, I don't man. Hear it. The, I don't hear it. The eighties were a trip, man. <laughs> uh, they were. <laughs> Masakila. All right. That's just Sammy Hagar. Yep. All right, enough of jump. Let's jump into Ask Us Anything when we come back on the game. David G is not with us today, so I came up with the questions. He's out hanging out with rock stars at High V. So I've come up with our Ask Us Anything questions today for the first time since I've taken over this show. Oh, boy. First wow. question. Favorite toy as a child? What did you, what did you play with the most? I know what mine is easily. It's actually toys. I can't just pick one because as a wrestling fan, you got to have more than just one wrestling action figure. Right. And I had like 30. And I would put on Monday Night Raw's pay-per-views from my very own room. And I even hooked up my N64 would play the music off of one of the wrestling <laughs> video games for their entrances. I was creative. Dude. That's where my creative juices started flowing. That's super creative. Um, depends on what era of being a kid we're talking about. Your era. Well, but I'm saying d- dependent on the year in terms of age. You know, when I was 10, like, it was... Like, was it a slinky? There was... There would Tonka be a, truck? You know, slinkies were a pain in the keister. Um, you know, it, I, I, the Hot Wheels uh, loop track that I had was solid. Liked that. Um, when I was 10, for crying out loud, there was the Pac-Man tabletop. Oh, okay. I've I've which messed around on one of those before. Drove, which drove my dad nuts <laughs> because between me having the Pac-Man one and my brother having the Donkey Kong one, and we playing those for three hours on a drive to my grandparents' place, it about drove him nuts. Do you have a lot of time as a kid in arcades? When I had the opportunities, yes. If I was in Topeka for something, absolutely. But... You know, in Circleville, all we had was the cafe and the pinball machine. I remember when the Manhattan Mall for a while had an arcade, early nineties, mm-hmm. maybe mid nineties. I could, I could oh, yeah. blow some parents' money in that place. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, for me, growing up, I had this uh, toy helicopter. It was like I got it when I was like like eight. Had it until I was like fourteen. For the longest time, didn't realize there was like a little trap door on the back that opens out with the ladder because they had a piece of the clear tape on it. Didn't realize it until the last year I owned it and then I accidentally dropped it and broke it. <gasps> that thing was fun. Play with it all the time. <laughs> Pretend like I was like a pilot like, ooh, Apache inbound, uh, you know. Right. I remember I had army men. You remember those like green yes, army men yeah. that came with mm-hmm. a big, like a big uh, ice cream type of bucket? Right. Man, I remember like the first fight I ever had with my mom. For some reason, those just disappeared. I was like, Mom! Where's my army men? Can't find them. She had no idea. 
I still blame her to this day. She did something with them. I know she did. <laughs> Would you guys rather have 10 hobbies or one passion? One passion. See, I'm, I'm the opposite. 10 hobbies. I want to be more than just one dimensional. I want to have a good mind on more than one topic. If I had a one, if I was a one hobby guy or one passion guy, I probably would be a great host of this show because it would probably, I'm sure it'd be sports. Right. But I'm glad I have my love for music, for sports, for movies and TV, for wrestling, for traveling. Hobby, uh, traveling is a big hobby of mine. I love to do all of the above and more than hasn't been mentioned. Okay. Now like, you, now I'm like going to do trivia. Now, you now you've, now you've you completely corrected him. me. So, you know. I'm also kind of the same way. I'd much rather have, you know, 10 hobbies and whatnot because, like, I'm passionate about music. But Well, the- that's the thing. I I see you as a person that has one passion, but it's bloomed into multiple hobbies. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you're, you're really smart with technology, computers, mixing, like a whole bunch of stuff. And you've turned that into a radio career. But you also run sound for concerts. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's really helped you balloon into different also things. Also, my own home studio, so that's always a blast. I produce a lot of electronic and, music. Oh, and don't forget, he's also uh, quite the uh, metal performer <laughs> when it comes to the growls. Some of it, though, in, in my case, I think comes from more the fact that I've been so focused on having to deal with the passion that the hobbies haven't been able to have much room in the last... 20 years. By the way, Big Steve, we found out yesterday Sage is a performer as well. She can yes. sing. So we're going to have at some point a concert. Uh-oh. You're going to open for Sage. Oh. And uh, we're, does we're, Sage know this? Yeah. I, we <laughs> brought it up yesterday. We're going to have a game concert. And I actually, I, we need to have a, a, a triple headline and add another headliner if we game could get G. Troy to play the clarinet. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, no, that's no, right. No, yes. No, 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 yes. Yes. No, no, no. We're, Troy, we, we got to have gotta. it. You gotta play hot cross buns, man. Everybody just, crowd goes wild for that every time, guaranteed. Oh, no, he's in the K-State band, so we need to hear Wabash, and we need to hear the fight song, Wildcat Victory. Um, You can skip Wildcat March if you want to. Thank you. If you want to cut down the set a little bit. Uh, Well, and let's be perfectly honest, Sousa's a, when it comes to woodwinds, total, total jag, and so the woodwind parts are just killers. And you're trying to march. Oh, oh, like they're tough? Brutal. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You're talking like 30 second notes. Uh, oh, it's, geez. yeah. And you're trying to march. You got it. And so, uh, yeah, you, you would prefer, much prefer if I was a brass player and doing Sousa. It's easier to do that. Correct. Let's see. I have because whole, that's the theme. I have a whole bunch of these. So let's see. I'll pick out another one. Ooh. Do you check reviews before trying a new restaurant? For that one, it depends on what kind of restaurant it is. So, like, if it's if it's more of like an ethnic type restaurant and not like you know burgers and fries and that's it, I might mostly because my stomach doesn't necessarily agree with some of those restaurants. So then I might look into some reviews, but for the most part, not really. I do if I'm like out of state. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I didn't even think about that. I thought we were just talking about here in this neck of the woods. Oh no, it's just just in, in general, whatever. Like I'm going to New Orleans in two months and two days. Okay. In that case, then I would. And I'll be googling for sure. Be right. Googling best Cajun spots. Right. And right. I got to look at the reviews. If everybody's like, "Oh my God, this is the best gumbo in town. This is the best jambalaya in town." It's part of how Crawfish, I. It's you know. part of how I found the fried chicken place that we enjoyed that last yeah. day in it's Houston. Very, it's very good and very close to the. Uh, hotel we have to go too far with our luggage 
Uh, let's squeeze in one more here. Um, have you ever written a bad check? No, I have not. As in, like, now, I'm not saying like in a criminal way. Like, no, you're, no, no, no. You're no, writing I, a whole bunch of bad checks. You don't have the money. It's not even your no, checks. No, you don't realize you don't have the money. I, yeah, it's so. like, hey, you're gonna have this money in your account in two days. You know, right? Yeah. You, you're, you're basically. I don't know what the. It's not. I'm trying to think of the terminology Bounce. here. It's not. Not. It's not have necessarily you, have you floated a check. A check. Floated, floated. Thank you. Yeah. That's it. Floated and, a check. And yes, when I was a student here, a couple of times it occurred. I did it one time without realizing. Well, that and I that was it. Cash. Yeah. So, but I did have it a few days later, but it was like two dollars over. Right. And I, I got lucky because I freaked out when I saw my bank account and it was like in the in the negatives. It was like negative two dollars twenty five cents. I was like, oh my god, my parents are gonna see this. I'm a freshman in college. I'm gonna have to ask them for money. I felt like a big ding dong, but it, it it worked out. I had a secret weapon, but it also was a pain in the backside. My mom worked at the bank. So she could cover it, but I meant that I got the phone call that night. Oh yeah. Has the uh, has your bank ever made the mistake of giving you like an extra four million dollars in your account? And oh, you look I at wish. Your, and you look at your statement; it's like four million and something. No. Do you know how quick I'd be over there to the bank? You know how quick my mom would have gotten fired. I'd well, because she was she was in charge of of the uh, data oh, wow. processing at the bank. Apparently, it happens more often than you would know. Sure. Uh, it happened to a buddy of mine. He's like, what do I do? And like, am I a millionaire now? I was like, no, if you spend that money, you owe that bank the money. Yeah, <laughs> right. It becomes right. immediately a felony. You, yeah, you're, you could be in trouble. Is it a felony? Uh, it can be because it can be seen as stealing from the bank. Theft. Even though mm. they made the mistake, you're still not supposed to touch it. So I guess uh, we should be saying we here at Cayman do not condone well, spending I su- that money. I suppose if the bank would have to press charges, right? Yeah, they would. It would be their call, but, or, you know. Right. I, they probably would i doubt they would need to go that far depends on how much you spent like if you withdrew the entire <laughs> thing they're more than likely going to be gunning for you all right guys that's going to do it for ask us anything and that's going to maybe wrap up the game we'll see where the high school game if it's ready to go or not if not we're just going to go live for a few moments to troy and i live at manhattan high school next